0: Hey, everyone. The It's All Journalism team wanted to remind you that we have an email newsletter where you can get all the latest news about our podcast. Go to our website, itsalljournalism.com and follow the link to subscribe. Thanks and enjoy the episode.
1: What we do for the nonprofit news sector and for our network members is really anchored on building that business talent and expertise within the field. We see that as sort of the the greatest need and the most common need across organizations of various sizes and and stages.
0: A new study provides insight on how well one sector of the journalism industry is being compensated. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. A recent member study by the Institute for Nonprofit News revealed that salaries in nonprofit newsrooms for editorial positions have grown significantly since 2020. Courtney Lewis is the Chief of Growth Programs at the Institute for Nonprofit News. She's here to talk about the Compensation Report and other news from INN. Courtney, welcome to It's All Journalism.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me today, Michael.
0: So first of all, before we dive into the Compensation report, which because I'm really interested in, you know, the fact that people seem to be making more money, which is always good news. How'd you get involved in journalism? You know, how'd you, you know, what was the path that led you to INN? Well, it's a windy
1: one. So, you know, when I left college, you know, my first couple of jobs were actually at startup organizations. And I'm from Detroit, and at the time, the city was experiencing this boom in entrepreneurship, people starting businesses. So, I had a few jobs, but One job was a marketing job for a manufacturing startup. And about six months in, I got furloughed and was bored. And I was like, gosh, what am I going to do with all my time? I've always had a passion for storytelling. So at the time, I hooked up with a photographer friend of mine. And we started a digital publication, you know, a blog about ways that the city of Detroit were changing after the bankruptcy and, you know, our angle was going to be through documentary photography and documentations of the day-to-day lives and perspectives of, of people, or, you know, of people that were just living in the city. And this blog caught the eye of the general manager at our local public radio station. She reached out to me and, you know, learned if there could be like a partnership opportunity. And I just flat out told her, I said, hey, like, I can do this for you guys. I'm looking for a job. And you know what? She hired me. And I didn't grow up listening to public media or anything. So it was all new to me. But what was interesting about the time in which I joined public media, it was at this moment where things were really starting to shift. Digital was taking off. But what was more significant was stations were beginning to realize they couldn't just sit behind the studio mic and do their work. But there was this need to be visible in the community to actually build relationships with community. You know, at the time it was like the buzzword engaged journalism. And at the time, you know, newsrooms were starting to make that change. So I was one of a hire that was really tasked with figuring out how the organization could have more demonstrated efforts to listen to residents, to do more of that storytelling and react to their needs. And over six years, I grew from what began as sort of like a digital specialist role into managing product and operations to help the organization make those shifts in a way that would generate generate revenue. And so that's what led me to INN and, and the rest
0: is history. First, you said one of the things you're managing was product. Can you define that? I know that's a word that's sort of bandied about when we're talking about digital jur- journalism and, and sort of transformative media. What does that Cover?
1: In the case of my role, you know, I think it's two buckets of of things. First are like digital products and software. So, like our mobile application, our website. In the other realm, there were these products that we were creating that were like multi platform. So, it would be like a podcast series combined with an event series. And so, my job was to sort of ensure that those things could be set up and operated in a manner that was organized almost like a project manager position. But also at the same time, I would be the point person working with our sales team or working with our membership team to determine how we're going to leverage this as a way to generate revenue.
0: Oh, interesting, because, because what you're doing is you're taking the same, you know, the mission of public radio or, you know, in the creation of content and you know, seeking out other sort of forms that can fit in, that you can kind of plug into that space. Right. That is interesting. Now, I know that we're going to be talking about INN. Was the video thing that you started, was was that a nonprofit startup or, you know, how did you finance that?
1: Yeah, the digital publication was just a really a work of passion. You know, I tried to start a business with it. Like, you know, I At the time, Detroit had all these, you know, startup incubators. So I participated in the startup incubator, created a business plan for it, and then realized it made more sense for this type of work to be partnered, not as a standalone publication, but within an institution as like a portfolio item. And there really just wasn't a strong business proposition for what we were doing. There was no like legal entity It was really just a passion project. And in a pretty short time, like within the first year, I got connected with with WDET and it became sort of morphed into a project of WDET called Frame by WDET, where we did these documentary photography exhibits with audio storytelling and digital stories online.
0: I mean, that's a great experience from a startup perspective, because a lot of people are afraid to make that jump. I mean, obviously if you still had your job, that may not have been something that you had chosen to to do, but to pursue a passion project and, you know, have faith in it and understanding that, you know, I'm not going to make, you know, I'm going to become a millionaire off off this. I may not be able to pay for my groceries on this, but this is something I want to do. And then, you know, being ready for when somebody recognizes that as value and not to pay you a hundred percent to do that, but to also somehow fold it into the work that they're doing. That's a paradigm I see a lot, and I'm sorry I use paradigm. I think it's it. Well, Now I've said it twice. I think it's the second time I've ever said that on the podcast. I try to, try to avoid words like that. Anyway, enough of this. Let's talk about this compensation report. I reached out to INN because I saw this a week or so ago, and I was fascinated by it. You know, so what is the, this, <laughs> not the headline, but the subhead? What is the context here? What, what did the report reveal?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we do the compensation study, It essentially benchmark salary and benefits data across jobs, across the INN network, the nonprofit news sector. The first study we did two years ago, and we just released a new version that kind of looks at how things are now and how things have changed. The study, you know, it collects information from about a quarter of our members. So not every single news organization is represented and generally the greatest representation of these newsrooms are what we call like our mid-sized newsrooms. One, newsrooms that are, you know, greater than a million or $2 million in annual revenue. So that's an important context to sort of set. But the compensation study looks at 16 different jobs, as well as other information about benefits, and we see this really as a tool because nonprofit news, you know, everybody thinks they're different, but like we really are. <laughs> nonprofit news, we really are different. No,
0: no, really. No, we're, really, we're, really. Everybody else is lying. We're, yeah, we're everybody the else truth. is
1: not as different as we are. But what we see is, you know, our newsrooms, they're staff like small weeklies, but they operate and they pay on the levels of, you know, what is competitive in the commercial news market. And so because of this, we provide this information so that, Nonprofit newsroom sort of has insight into what the market looks like, so that they can, you know, grow competitively. Some of the job it looks looks at are you know leadership positions, executive directors, uh, managing editors, chief development officers, as well as editorial positions, reporters, and even intern compensation. We sort of oh my look God, like that's
0: a big thing, yeah, yeah.
1: And you know, as people are growing their organizations, they're hungry for this information of like what is just general you know, level setting for how I should budget to grow my organization. And it's a tool. It's a tool for that.
0: And it's so important. You know, I, I made the remark about it. internships. I mean, you know, I've been in newsrooms where, oh boy, it's summer. We're going to have all these people who don't have to pay for it to go out and do the story. Yeah, and not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> and it, that shouldn't have been the way it was because that's the next generation of who's going to be doing the work that we do. And they deserve to be compensated for that work. You know, what I was thinking about when I saw this report was, you know, here we are at a time where newsrooms are shrinking, that people are leaving journalism because, for a lot of different reasons, but not the least of which is they could go somewhere else and make more money. And so here here we are sort of in the nonprofit space that, you know, look, we're seeing some growth and, you know, maybe these are areas that people should look into to sort of, align themselves with a nonprofit that maybe they believe in, that they could contribute good work to. I mean, do you have a sense of what the the need is? I know a lot of, as I said, a lot of publications have, have shrunk, but there's also this sort of workforce need, especially after COVID. Is there any sense that how many newsrooms need people or, or short people on their staff? I think there's a overwhelming need, you know, and there's a lot of
1: context to it. So we have news organizations that are aggressively growing. There could always be more, but they're aggressively growing. And we have a lot of news organizations that are startups. You know, the need is great, but they're just in their early years where they're positioning themselves, they're growing their revenue so that they can eventually fill that need. You know, in my area where I see some of the greatest need in at least the nonprofit news sector I think there's a lot of confidence in newsrooms' ability to identify and attract editorial talent, like people who are journalists and reporters. You know, you mentioned we know that journalists and commercial media organizations are losing losing their jobs. And nonprofit news is sort of an opportunity for them to continue that work. But where we see sort of the greatest need is actually on the business side. Right? Like, how does a nonprofit newsroom attract a sophisticated development officer? How does a nonprofit newsroom attract people with great skills in operating and being executive directors? And that's where we see sort of the greatest need. And INN, what we do for the nonprofit news sector and for our network members is really anchored on building that business talent and expertise within the field. I mean, We see that as sort of the the greatest need and the most common need across organizations of various sizes and and stages.
0: Just to circle back to the compensation report, and it's not just an issue of pay, it's also amenities. What's the word? Uh, The benefits. (laughs) The benefits. It's the benefits as well. You know, paid time off. 86% say that offer paid time off, which is up from half in 2020. And, you know, parental leave you know, a retirement plan, I, you know, I worked for an editor whose retirement plan was that he was going to die at his desk. Wow. Um, so no good. So 10% would be good. 60% say, are saying that retirement savings plans up from 54%, as well as as medical and employee sponsored medical insurance. You know, obviously, you said that part of this is, is competitiveness, you know, making the the publication competitive with, you know, maybe commercial type of media is, is that kind of What's going on here?
1: Absolutely. I, I think part of it is also what we see in nonprofit news is very mission oriented work and mission oriented leaders. And I think, in addition to just keeping up and being competitive in the marketplace for potential candidates, is also just making sure their staff members feel a sense of belonging and feel it's not just about the work they do, but, you know, the culture that the newsroom fosters and creates and the talent that it can retain. So I think a lot of it is definitely oriented towards like, obviously, being competitive, being able to attract talent. Underlying that, I think a lot of what you see is really people's commitment to just creating great places to work, you know, as mission-oriented organizations. We recently met with newsrooms and, and sort of like talked about, you know, what ways are you creating that sense of belonging? And you can definitely see that nonprofit news is attracting executive directors and, and, you know, leads of HR and leads of operations who care about creating great places to work.
0: You know, as we get into these sort of new models of what a newsroom is, some of these things that, we, that we're talking about, some of these benefits, I mean, th- these are just like standard in business in general, at other types of businesses. You know, maybe a lot of this is isn't necessarily comparable in newsrooms or it hadn't been. But certainly I think people in addition to identifying a mission, which I think is probably still the primary reason people go into journalism, because they believe in whatever that mission is. And it, certainly if it if it's a nonprofit newsroom that's that's talking about diversity or it's talking about healthcare or whatever, that mission is is center. But you know, bringing some of these other elements in these other sort of benefits that they're more in line with the regular business world. I think that's, that's good for the industry. But I think it's also good for attracting other types of people into journalism. So let me circle back You that what I should have done was asked you about INN's mission. I mean, the name lays it out there. But, you know, how many newsrooms are are part of INN? and, And what is it? That your network network is able to do. So,
1: I in a network we you know we represent about four hundred newsrooms and it's rapidly growing. Like since twenty seventeen, more than hundred and thirty five newsrooms have have launched, and that's double the amount of startups in the previous five year period. So we support a very rapidly growing field, and you know, among this network, we have award-winning, you know, organizations that are producing high-quality work, you know, ProPublica, Mother Jones, Center for Public Integrity. But among this mix of newsrooms are also these emerging startups that are producing quality journalism while also creating new models of serving communities. Like one that comes to mind is Outlier Media in Detroit, you know, their whole service is two-way. It's a two-way channel between their reporters and residents. And it's all about exchanging information in both directions. And they do it through SMS text, you know, through text-based service. And so what we see generally that's common among members in the INN network is their consistency in centering communities and what they do. They listen to communities, they hire from within their communities, they're all about exposing untold stories and, and helping people consume news, you know, in traditional ways, but also in new ways so that people can make informed decisions. And, you know, our work sort of sits behind that to help them run the business side of things.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously a lot of traditional, you know, newsrooms, you know, the weekly papers, the large metropolitan daily as digital you know, technology came in, for many, the, the natural reaction was to sort of try to recreate the structure that they had in place, you know, in their traditional newsroom in the digital environment. And that's to the point where maybe they're like putting PDFs of, of pages of the newspaper every week. That's nice. But, you know, you're not necessarily taking advantage of, of the technology. To your story, where you, you talk about you're creating something that's very digital And you're bringing it into a a traditional public radio space and then also identifying, you know, ways to make that, you know, contribute to the uh, financial well-being of of your station. So, you know, there's a lot of innovation in this space. I know you mentioned um, award winners. I know, I guess, in September, the Nonprofit News Awards were announced. What were some of the examples of the the newsrooms and the projects that we're working on?
1: Yeah, we... Each year do we call them the innies,
0: the nonprofit news <laughs> as, award? As opposed to the outies, I guess. So. I guess,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But yeah, we we take a moment to really celebrate and recognize nonprofit news leaders, you know, reporting in the field. I think what's interesting about our awards is, you know, we we have awards that, you know, acknowledge the quality of of reporting, like we have an investigative journalism award or Inside a Award for Explanatory Journalism. But we also have these other awards that sort of demonstrate, like, what is really unique about nonprofit news. One of them is our Community Champion Award that honors organizations that, you know, made a significant contribution to the well-being of its community. And one of those winners was the uh, Prison Journalism Project.
0: Oh, my Um, God. They're great. Yeah, we've had them on before. They're great. Yes,
1: they're teaching newspaper formed by incarcerated persons. And what was so interesting about their entry talked about how, you know, because they're a nonprofit, they're they're fundraising, and how a 27-year-old man who was incarcerated in Michigan since the age of 15, you know, sent a letter to the organization with a $1,000 donation of his own money, which is a full-year salary for an incarcerated person in Michigan. And that's one example. Another example is the Game Changer Award, you know, that recognizes an organization that produced an innovative idea or practice that led to growth in revenue or audience. And so the Oglethorpe Echo there were two undergraduate journalism majors at the University of Georgia that added, you know, seven digital products to the newspaper and as a result, you know, they doubled subscriptions in 9 months. And so we we like to take a moment to just sort of recognize the ways in which the nonprofit news field is doing great work, but also the manner in which it's getting done. And yeah, you know, folks that are listening, you can take a look at all the winners on our site at INN.org.
0: The one other thing I wanted to ask you about was that I guess the Knight Foundation recently awarded you a $4.75 million investment, or I guess invested $4.75 million in INN. How are you going to use that money? was it going to help you to do? Yeah. You know, right
1: now the INN network is made up, I mentioned this before, about 400 newsrooms and they collectively bring in about 400 million annually in revenue. And so this investment is structured more than double that. Where We, we want to grow the field to reach nearly 1 billion in annual revenue by 2026. But what this looks like in practice is a shift towards more collective action where newsrooms are not just working independently to grow their organizations, but they're working together. And INN can be a support to that, a facilitator of that, a trainer to that, a funder of that type of work. So you may have heard of Newsmatch. You know, it's our annual year in matching gift campaign that raised even last year more than $40 million for newsrooms. And so Knight's investment is designed to spark other collective fundraising campaigns that can happen throughout the rest of the year, not just at the end of the year through Newsmatch. We're also going to be powering and strengthening some of our organizing collaboratives that actually help newsrooms cover key areas. We recently launched INN's Rural News Network, which is a consortium of about sixty news organizations that are covering rural America. And so, in efforts like this, you know, when these organizations can come together to talk about what the rural landscape is, it's a greater opportunity for greater reach and greater impact of their work. And we want to start to organize. In more ways like this, and and the fun nights investment will help us to do this. But I've got a note. I have to say something that nights investment is significant for INN. It's significant for the nonprofit news sector, but we know it's only a fraction of what is needed, you know, to really address the needs. And so, other efforts that you'll see come out of INN around public awareness building funder education, are really to use this investment as a catalyst to support other philanthropic investments, mainly across geographic areas, specific interest
0: areas. And I know you said that that you've got all different types of sizes of, of newsrooms, very small and very large nonprofit newsrooms. The newsrooms that join your organization, obviously they're all nonprofit news organizations. Do many of them, do most of them, do some of them, are they sustaining in this space do they sort of join you to you know maybe have access to you know training or or support or some type of skills you know how does that that work we
1: provide a range of services trainings some of our focus areas are around growing major gifts because we know that's an opportunity for newsrooms some of our areas of focus are around distribution partnerships so helping newsrooms amplify their story across other platforms and reach a greater audience. We do a lot of work around networking and supporting leaders within the field so that those that are sort of leading these news organizations are connected to one another to exchange ideas. And what we're seeing is that, yeah, it's generating growth. So what we're seeing, you know, is amongst these newsrooms that they are significantly growing, you know, within the nonprofit news field two-thirds of organizations grew in total annual annual revenue over the last four years. So this is definitely a field in which newsrooms are able to grow and expand, and INN sits as a support to that in, in many ways.
0: Okay, so what's next for INN? Well, happening now,
1: we're actually in the midst of our annual news match campaign where you know, our members are reaching out to their community to to grow revenue. And the great thing about this is that dollars that they raise get matched by national funders and local funders. So this is an exciting time for nonprofit news. You can learn more about what organizations are doing and, and actually give at newsmatch.inn.org.
0: You mentioned Newsmatch. We've had other INN guests on. There's so much innovation going on in in the nonprofit space. You know, you kind of alluded to <laughs> the business side of things that Newsrooms still need that business side. I think when the, the digital revolution in, in journalism began, all of the journalists were really good about quickly coming up ways to tell stories better and in different ways and reach well, they don't reach other audiences. They still need to work on that. But in general, the area that they never came around to, yeah, I, we can start a newsroom, but they never could figure out a, a way to uh, to finance it. But I know that in the nonprofit space, there are opportunities – to do all types of great journalism in, in your organization is, is, I think, a key to a lot of that. Courtney, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at It'sAllJournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter. You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere good podcasts are found. If you'd like to help us grow our podcast, like and share our episodes on social media. Look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicola Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Capre wrote our theme music. Lameo Brust helped with our booking. Steph Thomas is our social media manager. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.